Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil World Order podcast. Uh, anything interesting going on in the world today? <laughs> we'll get to the elephant in the room later. Um, rainy day here in Wisconsin, and what was uh, actually a really warm week. Temperatures were like, I don't know, in the 90s, heat indexes of 100. Uh, we hadn't seen rain in forever until today. It kind of drizzled and rained. Not really. I thought we were supposed to get storms, but it never came. It's humid as shit, but... Uh, yeah, that's kind of how it uh, went down today and this week. Um, I had the most uh, unreal thing happen to me the other day on my way... Uh, I was coming back to the house. So uh, Tuesday, around noon, I'm dropping my daughter off at home. She works with me, but she only works till uh, noon. So, you know, generally if uh, my wife doesn't pick her up or in the week she's with her mom, she has her mom's car. One, somebody picks her up at noon. So um, we're coming up to our, sh- our street, and as we're slowing down to turn onto our street, I look up. I mean, I, I'm driving, but like, you know, I'm look, starting to look to the right because that's where I'm turning. There's a car and um, a, like a dump truck in front of the car in front of me. And I, and I hear this awful noise. Um, you know, and I see the dump truck that's in front of me kind of start to slide, like get loose, like he locked up his brakes and towards the shoulder. And as he kind of turns sideways from locking off his brakes, like a car comes flying off the front like the front end of the dump truck like it, it hit it and was stuck to it and goes one end up off to the side of the road and it literally throws dust everywhere flying flying into the field uh there's a lot of tree coverage so like when i turn right and stop right there at the street you know i'm like because i'm like oh my god what the fuck um you know i pulled over super fast uh called 911 it's kind of hard to put the images back in my head of like what I saw I, I never saw the car come into the line of traffic I just saw the heard the noise and heard the aftermath but anyways I pulled over called 911 um, and after kind of ran to the scene to uh, see if there was anything we could do the uh, the driver of the truck appeared to be all right uh, I could hear the the honking from the other car which I could not see from where I was uh, it was probably about I had to go across the street and then it was down I don't know 20 yards into the field uh, the woman driving the car between myself and the dump truck uh, was pulled over as well said she was a nurse uh, so I followed her lead to the car um, we go down in the field and like I said I don't know 20 30 yards or so from the road the car got hit hard I mean, it was destroyed. It was kind of sitting with the uh, passenger side of the car facing towards the road. Uh, the dump truck was headed down. And, I mean, the car was almost in a U-shape. Um, I had prepared myself for the worst, knowing that this was not going to be good at all. I had said that on the 911 call. I was like, this can't be good. This has got to be really bad. This is going to be really bad. They need to get here. Um, the windshield, as you know, we made our way around the car, was all kind of cracked. It was it was intact, but it kind of, you know, it's spiders or whatever. So you couldn't really see anything as we approached. And um, 
you know, so I, I followed the nurse around as she reached in the car and, and all I saw was an older woman slumped over. Uh, and if there was blood, I, you know, I, as we were, I was like, oh, please don't be some kid, you know, please don't be a baby in the back. I mean, none of it's good, you know, but like, these are the things going through your head. You know, my daughter's still sitting in my car because I said, do not get out of this car. Um, and, you know, we walked around and I don't remember if she opened the door, the driver's side door or just reached in. Uh, you know, my br I think my brain was kind of blocking out things there because I was prepared for maybe there to be, uh, I don't know, blood, whatever, and I, I can be a little schemish. And, you know, so maybe I blocked it out, and I just remember her reaching in. She kind of and said she was gone. And uh, it was kind of numbing for a moment, you know, because you realized while you were just present at uh, someone's untimely and unfortunate death, um, I don't think in my life I've ever been, that was a first for me. I mean, you know, not as, as far as people passing on in general, even someone close to me. I've never been there at uh, that moment. I mean, aside from Chloe Dog, um, you know, it, it was very numbing, you know, and so... You know, the, my first thing after that was look to make sure there was, if there was any evidence of a passenger or kids or something, someone in the back seat. Uh, once it appeared there was not, I took myself back up towards the road uh, to wait for first responders. It just, I didn't want to be, I mean, once there was nothing, we, you know, I was assured there was nothing we could do. Um, you know, I didn't want to stand it be present in that scene uh the driver of the truck poor guy was uh just like walking around in circles on the highway i believe he was on the phone with somebody and we're like dude you should probably get out of the road um one of the roads intersecting my road it, it's kind of a major highway um you know there's a lot of truck traffic there because it's a it's a but it's between the interstate and another major highway so a lot of times people get off and take that to start heading into illinois or west towards Madison, Janesville, or whatever um, area. If you don't live here, it doesn't make sense to you, but that's the kind of road it is. And, um, you know, it was, I was just, I guess I was expecting that when we got down there, we were going to be able to do something to help, you know, and and just seeing that a person was dead was, I guess, just something I wasn't really thinking about. You know, the whole thing was was just very violent and brutal the impact um you know i tell myself i don't think she ever knew what hit her but uh it just reminds me that in a blink of an eye like your life can be over you know uh upon the identity of the person being released i realized she really was probably less than a mile from her house um you know, and here you are coming back from the store, maybe going to the store, going to a friend's house, library, the bank, and, and bam, you know. And I'll admit, um, I was pretty shook up after that as we, uh, you know, we stood around and waited to give our statements. And more, you know, as more and more uh, first responders arrived at the scene. And, and, you know, it didn't help that uh, here we are midday and it's like 105 degrees. 
um, you know, and the whole thing, I guess, just kept replaying in my head, you know, that initial noise, the car flying off the side of the road, that horn sound, um, the license plate number is going to be for, I have this weird thing where like sometimes a number gets burned in my head. I remember old addresses, uh, like I remember my first phone number as a kid, it was 286-2805. My, you know, address in Michigan was 45647. Um, you know, I remember in retail, I always remembered a lot of things by uh, their numeric, like a numerical skew or something. Uh, when I was in the grocery store, it was always like the last three digits are what mattered on product. Um, so, yeah, I have this license plate number like burned in my mind. Um, but it's just, you know, all of it, you just. I don't know, it was just that feeling you get in the pit of your stomach, you know, when that woman had told me she was dead, you know. And especially, like, we were just a short stint from my house. Like, we were literally, like, my when I pulled off the road, I had turned onto my street, you know. And we were, my wife actually came up the road and got my daughter because I was going to have to stick around and give a statement. I didn't want... You know, at one point, my daughter had gotten out, but there was a neighbor whose house is out on the corner who had kind of distracted. I didn't want... I mean, there was nothing she could see without... She was going to... You'd have to make some effort. But I just... You know, one, it was her birthday, and I just didn't want her to... Um, seeing that, you know, but it, like I said, initially, when we were there, you know, first thing I'm thinking is like, okay, is this someone who's driven by my house like a 100 times? Had I seen them walking their dog? Uh, you know... It was someone's mom, daughter, uh, grandmother. Uh, turns out she was a 89-year-old woman. Um, you know, so I mean, yeah, she lived a, a full life, but it was it, it was a heavy experience. You know, it's not one of those things you, you know. And for those of you that have been through it, um, you know, I've had people talk to me that have experienced it. You know. Say, oh, you know, there's certain things you're, that are going to stick with you eventually, you know, but it's, it, it's, it was heavy. You know, I tell myself, yeah, hey, I'm a pretty tough guy. Nothing bothers me. Most things roll off me. That had a pretty big effect on me. Something, you know, and I ordinarily wouldn't have thought it would have. I thought I would have just been like, okay, wow, you know, this is how it goes sometimes. And, but it was, it was, it was very heavy. Um, On a more positive note, uh, like I had said, uh, my daughter actually turned 18 this week. Um, it's crazy. You know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of uh, parents can relate. Um, you know, maybe those of you that have kids that are my age or, you know, old, way older than 18 or whatever. Um, it, it seems like it all kind of happened really fast. <laughs> You know, it seems like she was just a baby, you know, hanging on my leg, drawing with chalk all over the sidewalk. They make fun of the way I say chalk in this house, so I'm not going to say it again. Um, you know, watching all those silly cartoons like Dora, SpongeBob, Backyard Again, all that, you know, eating things like marshmallows and playing with My Little Ponies and Barbies and, you know, Falling asleep in your lap at night, not wanting to go to bed, sippy cups, you know, and and, and now she's an, an adult, and it's like, poof, you know, 
two heavy things in one day, right? Um, you know, we sat around the other night uh, after we'd had dinner for her birthday and stuff, and uh, we were talking about memories from the past with her. And it's kind of cool. Like, I, I, I really, it was really nice. You know, when you think about the things they remember that maybe were minor in your eyes or that, you know, you didn't remember at all. You know, and whether it was a good time, you know, it could have been just been a detail from everyday life or whatever, you know, we, because we all look back on things very different, you know, differently. We, you know, we think of some things, other people remember this, um, you know, and I talked about the whole transition a while back from parenting a child, moving into parenting an adult. Because in all actuality, you never really stop being a parent, you know, and, and I don't obviously you know the title you're you're always a parent but um you know you you don't put a timetable on how long you're like there how long you're advising or trying to instill you know values and behaviors and give your kid the direction you want them to go even as adults you still look at them like you know that little baby that was there in your arms but uh you know, it's crazy. I mean, like I said, I have an 18-year-old. Um, I pray she makes great choices, um, that she has an amazing life, and, you know, finds a path that makes her dreams come true. I hope, you know, I've given her good life lessons, uh, good advice, that I will continue to be there to pick her up, point her in the right direction, kick her in the tail when she needs it, tell her what she doesn't want to hear when she needs to hear it etc um you know because that's the job right so uh totally going in another direction doing it i'm doing a little something different tonight um one my uh tablet that is usually like my teleprompter Google decided to do some update, and I have no clue what my email password is, and all my uh, slideshows are saved in Drive, so I'm going off my phone, and I don't see very well, and I'm not wearing glasses, so I'm kind of picking and skimming through things. Uh, I've been, I've stayed on, uh, <coughs> you're welcome, Booger, Revenge of the Nerds, um, so anyways, when you think about the summer, we all sort of enjoy, remember, like, sometimes the music of the summer always seems like there's a song of the summer. Uh, I have no clue what it would be this summer, because I honestly, I never listen to the radio. I, I listen to my Apple music, or the, f the few times I'm on the radio, it's on my satellite radio right now, because it hasn't expired yet. And I'm tempted to keep it for $5 a month, but I, I don't know. But there's just like, I don't know, these certain songs that we just love. You know, you're driving around, windows down, you're on your motorcycle, your boat, jet ski, whatever. Um, obviously, if you wear a mask in your Prius, you probably won't understand this portion of the show. So maybe just turn it off and I'm surprised you're here anyways. Um but seriously, though, we, we all probably have, like, that playlist we jam during the summer. I mean, maybe I'm a dork. Maybe it's just me. 
Um, I know my father-in-law does. He's probably like listening to like In the Air of the Night by Phil Collins on repeat. Um, so anyways, you know, you're by yourself, you're decompressing on a drive home from work or just out enjoying the sun, maybe running some errands, whatever. Um, I think about the song Baker Street by uh, Jerry Rafferty. It, it's literally one of those songs. It's... Um, it's freaking amazing. And, and you're all like, what? Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty? I, I don't think I know what that is. But here's the thing. You do know what it is. You've all heard this this song. You know you have. I shared it on the Facebook page the other day. And maybe you don't recognize it yet. But when the saxophone solo kicks in, you're totally going to know this sick-ass jam. Wait for it. It's worth it. I think that's a flute or something. I don't know. Maybe they stole that from Jethro Tull. Right here. Like, that's just sick. They don't make music like that anymore. Seriously. So there, there's your uh, Baker Street uh, sample. But um, it's just a classic jam. You know, I, I don't think it gets the love it deserves. The people who love it, love it. Um, it's just it's good shit you know and it got me thinking that uh, it. I, I looked up some stuff on the song it was actually released in 1978 so I'm actually older than Baker Street the song uh, reached number 2 on the Billboard Hot 100 and it actually stayed there for 6 weeks didn't reach number 1 because of some song by Andy Gibbs uh, in 2010, the song was recognized as having been performed over 5 million times. That's a lot. Um, the song title is actually derived from Baker Street in London, where the writer, Jerry Rafferty, had spent time staying at a friend's flat during uh, legal issues of the breakup of his previous band, Steeler's Wheel. Who at the time, I was like, fucking, I don't know who Steeler's Wheel is. So I looked it up, and we all know who Steeler's Wheel is because they sing that song that's like, stuck in the middle with you. Like, that's Steeler's Wheel. Um, but Baker Street, you know, is dominated by Rafferty's guitar playing as well as the iconic sax playing of Raphael Ravenscroft. Um you know, I, I was in doing the research I came here, he said this the sax riff is actually credit credited for what music stores called the Baker Street phenomenon as saxophone sales increased steadily in the two years after the song's release. So that, that that's kinda neat when you think about it because I don't know, I don't do I don't even there's very few music programs, are there still in schools? And do kids if kids play instruments, it seems like it's guitar, keyboard, or they want to be a DJ. I don't know. They think that's an instrument. The sax riff has been featured on Family Guy in season 10. Uh, Peter actually breaks from uh, Paul Simon's They Call Me Al into the sax riff from Baker Street. It's actually really funny if you haven't seen it. Uh, guitarist Slash of Guns N' Roses cited the saxophone riff in Baker Street as his inspiration for the gu the guitar solo in Guns N' Roses' mega hit Sweet Child of Mine. It's been covered by uh, many artists over the years. Um, Waylon Jennings did an amazing 
cover of it. I love Waylon Jennings. If you know who Waylon Jennings is and you enjoy his music, you know he sang the Duke's a Hazard song, but he sang, you know, uh, Mama Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboy, Lukenbach, Texas. Um, I don't think Hank done it that way. Waylon Jennings was just like he's right there with Johnny Cash, uh, as far as just like it's just it's good drinking music. One day there's going to be a show dedicated to Waylon Jennings. Um, the Foo Fighters do an amazing cover of it. Uh, it's usually one of their encores when they play. Um, the British band The Undercover actually took it and made it like kind of a dance song and it climbed the charts in the UK again. But uh, the range, the arrangement on the song, like regardless of what version you listen to, it's it's just so flawless that there isn't a bad version of it. You know, I'm guessing Florida Georgia Line could probably ruin it, but if you if you ever listen to a song or take music advice from me and be like, oh, I'm going to check that out. This one is one you want to listen. This is easily one of my all-time favorite songs. Um, you know, and like I said, I don't think it gets the love it deserves. I mean, you know, Jerry Rafferty didn't have hit after hit after hit. Um, you know, unfortunately, he would pass away from liver failure at the age of 63 in 2011. But um, Baker Street would live on for years. You know, it'll live on forever. That's the cool thing about music. Um you know, and sometimes, like any form of art, sometimes things don't get the uh, full appreciation until it gets a rub from the right person. So, you know, if you like I said, if you've never heard this song, give it a listen. Probably while you're driving with the windows down on a perfect day, you can thank me later. So, next, uh, next was the portion of the show where I was going to go into the whole Roe v. Wade overturn. Um, I, I don't know what I can say that you haven't heard, that you haven't read. Um, I covered a lot of this in the Billion Dollar Babies episode, and I really hate repeating myself, and I don't want to be repetitive. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest takeaway from this I don't see it as a bad thing that it was overturned. I have no problem. Those of you who know me know my opinions. I have no problem saying that. Uh, I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. You know, I think there's a lot of ignorance. Um, you know, it's oftentimes the people that make the most noise are saying the least because they know the least. Um, you know, ultimately what this means is that the abortion rights are no longer protected by the federal government. They never should have been. They're not a part of the Constitution. Um, nobody has the right to kill anybody in the Constitution. So it's put back into the hands of the states, which, you know, some states acted swiftly and have already uh, signed the legislature to ban abortion, you know, aside from medical exceptions and cases of rape and incest, which your angry coffee, Starbucks drinking soccer moms aren't going to tell you on Facebook because they get their news from Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar and they're just barking hens. So, you know, ultimately it's one of those things where it is what it is. You know, it's, it's not a war on 
being a woman. Um, it's not a segue into eliminating gay marriage or interracial marriage. You wouldn't believe this shit. I, like, in a way, I think this was an awakening for me to how many ignorant people I know. You know, and usually around an election time, I'd get rid of them. But like this, and here, here's maybe maybe I don't come across. I don't say this right. Um, I don't care if someone has a different opinion than me. Like, but know your stuff. Like, know your facts. You know, don't just come at me. You know, hey, I have this. But don't. But you, everything you say is wrong. And it's not about like how you feel because facts trump feelings. You know, I was having this discussion with my wife today. My wife is more of a feelings person. That's totally okay. You know, which which is weird when it comes to I guess convictions because in in the world like as far as process, like my wife's the one that has to pack and plan every day of the vacation. I'm the one that's throwing my shit in a bag like four hours before we leave. You know, that's just how I do it. I just do things. But, um, in the things I think I feel in my, in my, not feel, like my code, my conviction, like, I feel like it's important, you know, if you, you, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Um, and, and I think we're seeing a lot of that. Um, you know, and that goes, this issue is just one of a million issues where that is, that is, you know, the case. You know, you can apply this to guns. You could apply this to um, welfare, to, you know, I don't know, whatever, any issue. Supply chain, like, people, they just, they don't know, you know. And, and a lot of times people don't want to know. You know, and we talked about that, you know, that whole head in the sand. But then they hear something and they're like, oh, that must be true, you know, like my biggest my like what i would love more than anything is somebody to have a discussion with not an argument a discussion with who knows their stuff who has facts you know and we just talk oh, hey blah you know and it's not a hey when i say things i'm not trying to convince you i'm not trying to change your mind um i, I look at it like a like a talking encyclopedia talking wiki you know, I, a lot of the things on here, I, I'm sure I've been wrong a time or two. Um, I, I research it. I look up statistics, you know, because I feel like it takes away from the integrity of it. If I just go on here and it's just an opinion piece. Now, is there plenty of opinion? Absolutely. Uh, is there room in the world for lots of opinions? Absolutely. But there is there's only room for people with those opinions that have logic and reasoning and critical thinking ability. Not blind lemmings running off a cliff every time they see a crowd going in a certain direction. You know, and while a lot of people, you know, maybe look at like what the fallout is, you know, I guess on the health side or, you know, for women on this issue. What I look at is, you know, and, and I think a lot of people aren't talking about is 
this, as much as the Demo you know, Demo the Democrats in office are all up in arms about this, this this is in their favor. Because before this, there was absolutely no reason to rally with Democrats. They've done nothing. Everything's been a fail. Biden has been a fail. The, the country has gone to shit on his watch. Like, this is something they can get the base excited about. Now, granted, the voting electorate will, will forget this in, in two weeks. They will. We'll be, on, we'll be back to racism or monkeypox or whatever. You know, this is just a quick distraction from every other thing that's going wrong in the world and just another way to divide people. When people were starting to, I wouldn't say unite, but kind of coming together with, hey, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. This country's going to shit. You know, when the guy only has a 30% approval, that 70% is made up of a lot of Democrats, too, that disapprove. And so what do you do to try to get those people back on the other side? You know, so don't think this is, you know, people like, oh, this is the far right. This doesn't benefit. It benefits the far right or Republicans, whatever, as far as their convictions, ideology, and belief. You know, the right to life, uh, that every life matters, and that. But as far as, you know, on the political spectrum, this, this doesn't benefit them. Um, because, you know, it's going to rally people that you'd be surprised how many one-cause voters there are. There are so many people that voted for Biden simply just because they didn't like Trump. Like, they didn't understand anything about policies, but he'd called someone an idiot or made fun of someone, and they're like, oh, like, we can't have that. You know, to me, that stuff didn't matter. Do I think he's a likable guy, Trump? Absolutely not. Would I want him as a neighbor? No. But I wasn't voting for him to be my neighbor you know was he successful did his policies work absolutely you know i i vote on policy not the person um you know social issues honestly i don't really care about because they don't they don't matter you know it's and i guess that sounds bad to say but i kind of look at like the good of the one never outweighs the good of the many and most social issues are you know, for a lower percentage that are always good of the one. You know, they're not things that are going to make or break. Like, gay marriage wasn't... I, I support gay marriage. It's totally fine. But whether that was legal or not was not going to make or break this country. So I didn't care. Like, I, whatever. Do what you want. Same with abortion. It wasn't going to make or break this country. But I think people got so... rallied up in it that, like, you know, it's it's a top three issue. I could think of probably 20 to 25 other things that are more important that the government and granted this wasn't the government this was the supreme court but that a government should be more focused on than this i would put you know crime and violence over this i'm not blaming guns but i'm saying there's there's an issue there and like i said in the uh, billion dollar babies episode you know, abortion wasn't really the problem. It was the solution people were turning to once they had the problem of an unwanted pregnancy. So what you need to work on, just like with gun violence, is because it's not the gun, it's the 
you know, the mental health of the person who does the evil deed or the evil that's sewn into the person. Those are the things you need to fix. It's easy to ban the gun. It doesn't solve anything. It looks like you did something. You know, it's kind of like lipstick on a pig. It doesn't, it's still a pig. You know, so we teach people responsibility and I think that was always my biggest issue with it is like I'm huge on accountability and I think one of the biggest problems in this country is the lack of accountability and it starts at the government I mean those people fuck up left and right do dumb shit that accomplishes nothing and there's yeah I mean I guess there's elections but like we've never really there's not a formal thing of accountability for them like i've always said when people run for election re-election or election they should only be a talk about what they've done who gives them money i i, I don't want to hear what you're gonna do because anyone can get up there and say anything show what you've done actions speak you know speak way louder than words people run for re-election be like okay here's the bills they voted yes on here's the bills they voted on no on here's how they've affected you here's who donates to them you know, here who here's who donates to their opponent and why, you know, that's what transparency looks like. And I feel like we don't have enough of that. So without that, we're just going to have this same old shit where it's just this side against that side and nobody's going to be happy. Nobody wins. And, you know, I, I could give you all kinds of stats on why this side is wrong, this side is right, but, but you've heard it. You know, and you feel how you feel. Um, you know, so I, I guess I didn't see the point in going into it. So that was my uh, Roe v. Wade take. Uh, that is a far watered down version than what I had put into the script on Thursday. And I'm okay with that. I feel like we don't need to keep talking about things. I mean, just keep moving forward right um you know in closing uh i'm going off script again because i'm kind of done with the script i talked to my father tonight uh some unfortunate news uh for my family uh anyone who's ever been to my house my dad has uh calls it a garage it's a building uh i think he can hold three or four cars he has all his tools in there it had a game room a music studio um, he had his Mustang in there. He has an old pickup truck, um, a little Honda coupe he was working on. Uh, unfortunately, caught fire tonight. Uh, there's been very few times in my life I've heard my dad upset. Uh, tonight was one of them. Honestly, when he called me, I thought someone had died or something really, really awful had happened. So, I mean, this was awful, but material things can always be replaced. Wives cannot. Um you know, so it was, I feel bad my brother, uh, you know, my brothers have a lot of stuff in there. J John was getting ready to move. A bunch of stuff he'd bought for his apartment was in there. He thought he'd lost his bearded dragon. Turns out he survived. Tough little booger. Um, you know, my brother had posted a link for a GoFundMe. Uh, I will share it to our Facebook page. If you want to donate, fine. That's you don't have to. You don't feel obligated. You'll still be my friend. I'll still love you. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's kind of crazy. I feel bad because this was like, I remember this was just that place my dad went. It, you know, it was right across from the house. Made him very happy. It was kind of like his fortress of solitude. All his tools in there. And we're talking 
a lifetime of tools and things he's collected over the years, pictures, you know, motorcycle parts, um, you know, kind of, it's, it's almost like your history through things, I guess. And it, it's heartbreaking for me to know, you know, he lost that because that was, that was, that was a lot that, that was his place, you know, and he'd worked so hard for it. He built it himself. Uh, you know, so it was, you know, it broke my heart to hear him upset tonight. And, um, yeah, so not a very positive show tonight. Wow. Really let you guys down. I feel like I should tell you a joke or something. I could do the, uh, the frog walks into a bar joke that Norm Macdonald told. If you've never seen that YouTube, it, it's really long and I don't remember it, but it's, it's so stupid. It's funny. But, uh. That's that's all I got tonight, folks. Like I said, I'll share the link on uh, our Facebook page. Uh, feel free to share, donate, whatever. Um, that's all I got. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Get out, enjoy uh, the summer. It's crazy to think what is it going to be Fourth of July next weekend? That next week, that's fucking crazy. They'll, I tell everyone here, there's going to be snow on the ground before we know it. But um, that's all I got. Oh, you know what else? I cannot. I was going to wrap up and I haven't even said this. So last Sunday, we got a new foster dog. Those of you who are friends with me on Facebook have seen uh, Charlie. Charlie is a little pit bull puppy. He is uh, five months old. Uh, unfortunately, he'd been hit by a car uh, in Alabama where he was a stray. Um, originally, they thought he was going to lose a leg. Uh, his legs were splinted. Um, He's not going to lose any legs. He's a spry little guy, sweet as can be, a little vocal. Uh, he likes to bark. Um, he's a lover for sure. Uh, he actually has an orthopedic consult coming up. There, He may need a surgery to kind of further help one of his legs. Is kind of It seems kind of stiff, like maybe something didn't heal right, so they're going to have an orthopedic surgeon look at that uh, but he's gonna be fine he's an amazing little guy will make someone an amazing dog one day he's not staying here because four dogs is a lot and him and Colby never stop playing and they're very loud but um, yeah so if you haven't seen the pictures of Charlie check him out uh, he'll be available through Albert's Dog Lounge so albertsdoglounge.org or look them up on Facebook um, if you're, look, you're looking for a puppy or you know anyone who is I'd say he'll probably, between his leg and his, he'll have to get neutered. Could be a month or so, maybe longer before he's available. My wife said he's got to go before school starts again. But um, anyways, I wanted to drop a little note on Charlie because he's adorable. And um, I love the little guy. I would totally keep him. But like I said, four dogs is a lot. But he is the perfect, cute little pity puppy for anyone. Um well, like I said before, have a great weekend. Uh, thank you for listening, and peace.